Welcome to the podcast series from the ESRC National Centre for Research Methods at the University of Southampton. In this podcast, NCRM Director Professor Patrick Sturgis talks about the inquiry he led into why the 2015 general election polls got it wrong. In the lead up to the uh, election, the sort of the, the short campaign, as it's called, the final kind of month or, or two, the polls were pretty consistently showing a, a statistical dead heat in terms of the the difference between Labour and Conservatives, which is really the, the key thing that the pollsters need to get right is that that gap between the two main parties. And there was obviously some sort of small variation between different polls. But generally, you know, you average them out, they were showing it's it's pretty much neck and neck. Uh, And so that was really what framed the debate around the time. And and people were certainly expecting a, a, you know, protracted negotiations over a, you know, composition of a coalition government. Would it be Labour and SNP or some other minority administration? So that that was what the, the discussion focused around. And that was very much driven by uh, what the polls were, were were showing. So moving forward then to election night itself, uh, remind us what happened as election programmes came on the air. And then, of course, we started to hear about what the exit polls were actually saying, which was contradicting what had been said in the polls. That's right. So, I mean, there's the, the big kind of holding of breath at 10pm when the exit poll is is uh, actually beamed up and Leicester Square there. Um, and of course, it's a, it's a slightly different, uh, you know, really actually quite different exercise than an opinion poll. And, and the, the exit poll is not intended to estimate the, the share of the vote, what proportion of people have voted for the different parties, but is actually to project the, the number of seats in Parliament that each party will get. But that was showing a near majority. It wasn't actually quite as large a number of seats as the Conservatives ultimately ended up with, but certainly indicated that the election result was going to be rather different from what the polls had indicated. Uh, in particular, the Conservatives had done um, a lot better and Labour had done a lot worse. So indeed, as you said, the actual outcome of the general election, as we now know, was a significant win for the Conservatives, both in terms of percentage of the vote compared with the Labour Party and perhaps more significantly enough seats to make up a majority government. So before we talk about what went wrong, tell us something of the immediate fallout from from a polling perspective. Well, of course, I think in in the aftermath, the various uh, kind of stakeholders were... Uh, it was a sort of sense of shock, uh, disappointment, uh, even anger. I think uh, in some quarters there was uh, the media commissioners of polls were questioning, you know, the quality of what they commissioned, and you know, party strategists, politicians were were wondering about uh, how the outcome might have been been affected by the polls, in the sense that the. Uh, the kind of questions that were being asked of politicians in debates and so on were framed very much by the expectation of a hung parliament rather than by a conservative majority. And so there was a lot of concern. There was also concern, of course, from the, the British Polling Council and the Market Research Society. Polls are where the public kind of encounter market and, and social research. And so this high profile disaster uh, this error, the concern was that, that would lead them to lose trust in research more generally. So there was a, a wide range of, of concerns, all pointing to, to the fact that we needed to understand what had gone wrong. Now, as a direct result of this, then you were invited to head up an inquiry into how the polls got it so spectacularly wrong. What did you look at specifically? Well, I invited um, eight industry and academic experts to join me to work over a sort of 10 month period to look at the potential 
causes of what had gone wrong. So we identified essentially a, a, a list of possible causes, not necessarily complete causes. Each one might have uh, contributed some small amount or it may have been just just one or two things. So we looked at each of these in turn. We got um, raw polling data from the nine members of the British Polling Council who'd, who'd done pre-election polls. And we looked at the evidence for each one of these and we were able to essentially sort of rule out a large number of possible causes. So we're able to conclude that it was not to do with people voting by post or overseas voters or something to do with voter registration. Of course, there was the, there was a change going on at the time from um, household to individual level registration that we found wasn't related to the to the errors. It wasn't really to do with late swing. The idea here is with late swing that um, voters tell pollsters that they're going to vote for one party, perhaps in, in, in this case Labour, and then by the time they get in the election booth, they've changed their mind and they vote Conservative. Uh, so that in that case, the polls wouldn't be wrong, uh, just that people have changed their minds. But we didn't really find any 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 evidence that that had contributed anything other than a very modest amount to the to the miss there may have some evidence that there was a bit of a shift to the conservatives but um, certainly quite weak evidence we were also able to rule out the idea that it was this sort of lazy labor um, phenomenon that voters had told they would vote but then ultimately didn't actually bother voting you know that that was disproportionately labor so that that didn't seem to be happening either so we went through this kind of list of hypotheses potential causes and essentially sort of ruled them out one by one. And that left us with with one main candidate left standing, which was unrepresentative samples, the way that the, the, the pollsters had, had uh, uh, collected and, and adjusted their samples, simply left them with too many Labour voters and, and too few Conservative voters. So that's what you and your colleagues believe actually did cause the problem. Perhaps you can explain that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, I mean, in some some ways, you can say it seems a bit obvious to say this that they had too many uh, Labour uh, and too few Conservatives in their in their samples. But there were other possible causes that, that wasn't to do with with sampling. So, uh, of course. You know, polls are based on on samples of the public, and and those samples need to be representative. They need to look like the the public, if you like, it being sort of a microcosm. And the most important way that they need to be like the public is in um, how they intend to vote. And so, while the pollsters were able to make their samples look like the the general population of of Great Britain in terms of age and and social grade and region and so on, they didn't manage to get them to look like uh, the population of voters on their vote preference. So the full report from your inquiry is now available. It makes a number of recommendations. What would you say are the key ones? Well, we make, I think, uh, recommendations in three main areas. The first area is around uh, is aimed at the pollsters themselves, and we're, we're, we're suggesting ways in which they might address these problems. We've made a number of recommendations uh, for how they could improve the way they are uh, gathering and adjusting their samples. Then there's another set of recommendations which are really around kind of increasing transparency of the way that the poll samples are collected and weighted and so on. I think that there, there has been good moves over the past years uh, towards greater transparency in Britain um, on polling, but we, we, we're recommending that, that that should go further. Thirdly, we're, we're making recommendations of way, around the way that polls are reported. We're recommending that the pollsters should use different kinds of calculations for the uncertainty around their estimates and that they should communicate these more 
more clearly. I think at the moment, there's a tendency to do one poll one week and another poll the next week, and there's a one percentage point increase for Labour. And then this will form a headline in a newspaper when really there is no evidence from the data that there has been a change in the population. And we're recommending that the pollsters are clearer about when there is evidence of change and when there isn't evidence of change. Now, you mentioned that that key phrase, public trust, very early on in the interview. And I wonder if you think if these changes are made, do you think our faith, the public faith in uh, election opinion polls and other opinion polls can be restored? I'm thinking particularly in the context we've got a a referendum on Europe coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, greater transparency uh, should contribute to sort of greater trust in the polls. But I think probably actually the the main thing that will... uh, restore confidence in the polls is if the pollsters get the uh, the EU referendum right if they call it right I mean so one of the other things that we pick up on in the report is that actually perhaps unsurprisingly the public and and politicians don't really evaluate the polls in terms of their statistical properties or the errors in the polls and um, so it, as long as they call the the election right then everything's fine so my suspicion is that if they get a couple of elections in a row right then public confidence will be restored. That doesn't mean that there won't be a a polling error uh, like 2015 in the future. That that sort of just can't be ruled out. Patrick Sturgis was talking to Chris Garrington about the NCRM-led report of the inquiry into the 2015 British general election opinion polls, which will also be the focus of a key session at the Research Methods Festival in July. More details are available on the NCRM website at www.ncrm.ac.uk.